You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. 3CR would like to acknowledge the Kulin Nations, true owners, caretakers and custodians of the land from which we broadcast. 3CR pays respect to elders past and present of the Kulin Nation. We recognise their unceded sovereignty. This is 3CR Breakfast. Alternative news, analysis and current affairs. Monday to Friday, 7am to 8.30am. Good morning and welcome to 3CR Tuesday Breakfast. Uh, It is... 7am on Tuesday the 20th of June. My name is Carnegie and I'm joined in the studio today by Fung and Ifka. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. How are you guys? Very well, thank you. How are you? Quite well, yeah. That's good. I'm refraining from commenting on, <laughs> on the weather. <laughs> I think you have to. Oh my god, it's so cold. <laughs> That's funny. On the on the ride over here, which I feel like is our other common talking point, my ears were so cold and I, I didn't know they could get that cold and I was wondering how I can like fashion something that will warm them up on the ride and then I was like, don't talk about that on the radio. Don't talk about that on the radio. We need something zestier. But uh, yeah, can't not acknowledge how cold it is outside. Exactly. Here we are. <laughs> Um, I think we can we can probably brainstorm some new accessory for you <laughs> to, yes. to help with those cold ears. Maybe maybe we'll take it off air. Yes, you <laughs> we won't subject the listeners work. to this. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. All right, let's um, talk about what's coming up on the show this morning. Um, Ifka, what are we starting with? We will start with some excerpts from a group of medical practitioners who went to the steps of Victorian Parliament to give an open letter to Climate Action Minister Lily D'Ambrosio. And following that, at 7.30, we'll be speaking with Dr Fatima, who is an Associate Professor at the University of Queensland. She's been a part of um, researching sleep for First Nations adolescents, and will be talking to us about that research as well as the first sleep health program for First Nations adolescents in Queensland. Following that discussion, we'll be speaking with Azia from the No Borders fundraising event with the Incendium Radical Library Collective. Uh, They'll be on the show to talk to us about the work that the No Borders team does in Poland, so along the Poland-Belarus border, providing support to people uh, seeking refuge and IRL Collective are putting on a fundraising gig this weekend. So you can tune in and uh, get yourself down to Cafe Gummo to support. And at 8 o'clock, we'll be speaking with Bridget Jolly, who works at Women with Disabilities Victoria, and she'll be on the show this morning to tell us about their upcoming public event called Pride in Conversations, which is happening at the Pride Centre uh, in about two weeks' time. It will spotlight lived experiences of queer, disabled people, uh, and it's in celebration of Pride Month, so that's coming out at 8 
And at 8.15 to end the show, we'll be speaking with Lavinia Devaraja from the Tamil Refugee Council in honor of World Refugee Day today and World Refugee Week happening um, all the way until Saturday. So that's our show for this morning. We'll be right back after this. Throughout the month of June, we'll be asking you, the listener, to support radical, community-owned media during our Radiothon. We'll be taking donations online, over the phone and in the station to help keep 3CR going for another year. Fierce, independent community media is vital and we need your support to keep radical voices and issues on the airwaves. To donate, go to 3cr.org.au. Call the station on 03 9419 or drop in at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy, during business hours. 3CR, stay tuned, stay radical. Welcome back to 3CR Tuesday Breakfast. These are our news headlines for this morning. The bill to alter the constitution and enable the Indigenous voice to Parliament has passed yesterday uh, with 52 votes to 19. This means that the referendum must be held within the next two to six months. We will continue to update listeners um, about this issue on Tuesday Breakfast. Today is World Refugee Day, a day to celebrate the achievements of the many refugees and asylum seekers, as well as raise awareness around the issues they face coming to and living in Australia. Refugee Week goes from the 18th to the 24th of June, and this year's theme is Finding Freedom. As we mentioned earlier, in honour of World Refugee Day, we'll be speaking to Lavinia from the Tamil Refugee Council at 8.15 this morning, so stay tuned for that conversation. And to find out what events are happening near you, you can go to refugeeweek.org.au. The University of Melbourne students have launched a fundraiser to show their support for the staff strikes on campus. The University of Melbourne has a track record of stealing $45 million of workers' wages and has sacked hundreds of staff at the start of the pandemic. Over 50% of staff at the University of Melbourne are on casual contracts with no job security or ability to plan for the future, according to the Students GoFundMe. Um, We will link to that in our show notes later today if you wanted to donate. Victoria has opened Lifeline NAM Support Centre, the first Lifeline Centre to be opened nationally in 50 years. Lifeline NAM was launched as an urgent response to Victoria's escalating suicide rates, which increased 9% from 2021 to 2022. You can find out more at lifelinenam.org.au. This Friday, the 23rd of June at 6pm, is the No AUKUS, No Nuclear Submarines, No War Public Forum, happening at the Victorian Trades Hall on Lagon Street in South Carlton. You can book your free, free ticket online at trybooking.com slash C-I-V-E-S. And some international news. Israel ha- Israeli forces have raided the Palestinian refugee camp in the city of Jenin just yesterday, killing three Palestinians and wounding at least 29. One of the Palesti- Palestinians killed is a minor. The raid began early Monday morning with Israeli soldiers storming the camp, firing live ammunition, stun grenades and toxic gas, according to Wafa News Agency. And finally, to end our news headlines today, we just wanted to thank all our listeners and supporters for 
tuning into our Radiothon special last Tuesday. It was a lot of fun and we really appreciate all the support that you've given us through donations and words of encouragement. It's not too late to donate. You can still contribute to our show and you can do that in a few ways. You can call the station on 0394198377. You can send us an SMS on 0488809855 or you can donate online at the Give Now page which is www.givenow.com.au forward slash CR forward slash breakfast or heading to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. Across all the breakfast shows, we're aiming for a total of $8,000. So if you can, that would be amazing. Uh, Just remember that any donations over $2 is tax deductible. So thank you for your continued support. Hailing from Tasmania, Miss Kanina is a proud Yorta Yorta, Yurundali and Kalkadoon woman who grew up on the shores of Bruni Island. From a young age, Miss Kanina has been commanding stages, carrying forward the powerful storytelling of her ancestors and fearlessly bringing them into the present. This track from her is called Black Brittany. note that there's a language warning on this track. I'm a deadly bitch. A black Britney Spears. I'm a deadly bitch. A black Britney Spears. And I'm gonna tell them what they want to hear. Downshift third gear. Downshift third gear. Downshift third gear. I'm a, a back cheddar. A host
That song was Black Britney by Miss Kanina. Uh, Healthy Futures is a group of concerned medical practitioners who are fighting for clean air, clean energy and a safe climate. Members of the group went to Victorian Parliament on 1st of June to give Climate Action Minister Lily D'Ambrasio an open letter calling for no new gas connections in builds in Victoria. Annie McLaughlin of Solidarity Breakfast went along to the steps of Parliament to speak to people on the ground. For you this morning, we're going to play some excerpts from that day with Annie. Can you give me an idea about what's been going on today? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so uh, today, Healthy Futures, along with a delegation um, of doctors from the Australian Federation of Medical Women, the uh, Australian College of General Practitioners and the Australasian College of Emergency Medicine, met with the Energy Minister, Lily D'Ambrosio, uh, to discuss the open letter that we delivered to her today. Um, and so we really talked about our concerns around the continued continuation of using gas in our homes. We want all new gas connections to be gone by 2025. We've asked the government for that commitment. We also want a commitment to get all um, public buildings, including public housing and hospital hospitals and health infrastructure off gas because we want our healthcare workers and our patients um, to be able to utilise gas-free healthy hospitals. Are you seeing uh, health concerns from gas? Yeah, we are. Our doctors, um, two of them which are GPs, we're talking um, to, you know, all the asthma cases that they are seeing. We know um, that 12% of the total asthma burden is from gas in homes. So we can get rid of that just by um, not having future homes connected to gas and then also retrofitting existing homes to get them off gas. Asthma is a huge problem here. There's also the fact that by continuing to burn gas, we exacerbate climate change and climate change is leading to extreme weather events such as heat waves and fires and our healthcare professionals are on the front line of dealing with those really bad health outcomes and they also talk to the minister about their personal experience in that area as well. Was she uh, receptive? She was. She was very receptive. I think she really understands the issue, which is really great. And um, it was wonderful that she made the time to hear from these health experts. And um, it was a really positive meeting. So we're really hopeful and looking forward to um, the minister making announcements when the gas substitution roadmap update is released later in the year. Is it unusual for doctors and general practitioners in general to stand up and voice political views like this? Um, maybe it used to be, but not so much. No, I mean, as I mentioned, these healthcare workers are often on the front line of dealing with health issues that have arose because of climate impacts. They're seeing it every day in their GP clinics, in the emergency um, rooms, in the hospitals. So um, more and more they are speaking out. And I think what's really extraordinary is that we've seen these big medical colleges actually get on board and co-sign this letter um, because they're hearing from their members that they're really concerned about these impacts. And we know there's something we can do about it. 
So I think it's really great we're seeing particularly Healthy Futures. We work with healthcare workers and doctors and we're seeing more and more um, healthcare workers wanting to step up and speak out. This is only the beginning, isn't it? This is absolutely only the beginning. Yeah. I'm Annie, I'm from 3CR. Nice and to meet you, Annie. G'day. And I was hoping you'd give me, uh, elucidate some of the issues that came out in this uh, demonstration today. Absolutely. So my name's Harry Jennings. I'm a GP and I coordinate Healthy Futures, which is an affiliate group of Friends of the Earth um, focusing on healthcare workers taking action to reduce pollution and climate change. Um, we've assembled here today with um, representing 30 health organisations and over 150 Victorian healthcare workers. Um, who have signed a letter to um, the Minister for Climate Action, um, Lily D'Ambrosio, in Victoria, requesting that um, the Victorian government um, assist Victorians to switch from gas to renewable electricity in their homes for health reasons. Um, not many people know um, that gas use in the home accounts for 12% of the childhood asthma burden in Australia, and a child growing up in a house with gas faces a similar risk of asthma as a child growing up exposed to secondhand cigarette smoke. So it's a significant health risk, um, and it's something that um, Victorians shouldn't have to put up with. The um, Australian Capital Territory Government has already ruled out um, new gas connections to homes. Um, I think they did that last year. So we've just asked the Victorian Government to match them um, by the end of 2024. Um, so we've delivered the letter today with that, along with a number of other asks, requesting that the Victorian government assist people to transition from gas to electricity, um, particularly if they're on low incomes, and also to run all um, government and public buildings on 100% renewables rather than gas. And so, so as a general practitioner, yep. are you actually receiving, getting patients who are in this uh, cohort uh, affected by gas? Oh, well, I guess a lot of Victorians use gas. Gas... Um, Victorian houses use more gas than houses in any other state or territory um, for historical reasons. Um, and I work with a, um, a, a demographic of you know, some low socioeconomic people who struggle to pay their gas bills. And that's another thing that this, um, and this change will assist is renewable electricity is actually a lot cheaper to run once it's installed. So if we can help people switch, it'll reduce the cost of living. Um, but also, yes, reducing their exposure to air pollution and asthma. Um, and another great risk from gas is carbon monoxide poisoning poisoning, which is all too tragically current. We keep seeing people with carbon monoxide poisoning in emergency departments because of faulty gas appliances. So that's another thing that Victorians shouldn't have to put up with, and that's why we need to get to 100% renewable electricity now. Are you uh, happy with the turnout? Yes, delighted. Um, there was a wide variety of organisations. Um, a wide variety of organisations represented and a huge crowd today. Yeah. And it's only the beginning. That's right. Well, um, apparently I wasn't in the meeting with the Minister. Um, our other delegate was in several medical colleges, but apparently it was a very um, good and productive meeting and the Minister's receptive to our requests. Um, so uh, we're looking forward to the Victorian Government um, announcing some outcomes in keeping with our health recommendations. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Professor Diana Edgerton-Warburton, who came into the meeting with us today from the Australasian um, College, College for Emergency Medicine. The Australasian, Sorry. the Australasian College for Emergency Medicine. And uh, so this is important, this issue. It's really important to emergency physicians. Um, we see heat health emergencies as a disaster approach. Um, and every day in the emergency department, we see people that have the health effects of climate change. Uh, it's absolutely urgent. And there's a terrible pro paradox going on. We're actually working in hospitals that are causing the climate change that then we're treating the patients. Um, and so um, for the government to address uh, and turn off the gas supplies to these hospitals would have, you know, 
multiplying effect. Uh, it would benefit the hospital and the health service and it would save money, but then it would also reduce the health impact of the healthcare system. I mean, health is responsible for about 7% of our greenhouse gas emissions. Addressing that could have a big and measurable population benefit. So you were a part of the delegation. Was the minister receptive in your view? Absolutely. What I said to the minister is any government action on this will result in a cheer squad of compassionate and passionate healthcare workers that will amplify their message because it is just such an obvious win for government and policymakers. It's unusual for doctors, professionals to step up and be politically uh, active in this way, isn't it? No, look, I don't think so. Not emergency physicians, because we really are at the coalface. What I talked to the minister about is the great fossil fuel gas gaslighting that's occurred, where they regard themselves as natural gas, as a healthy option. And in fact, up until recently, we also congratulated the, um, the minister on addressing point three in our request, which was to turn off the rebate for gas hot water systems. They've already shown some action, but we were able to talk about a couple of other quick wins around no new healthcare builds or renovations that are gas powered. And we also talked to the Minister about the real and present danger of our health system being plugged into gas. Uh, Because it means if there is a problem with the gas supply, our health system infrastructure is vulnerable. We we found in Lithgow, in New South Wales, the army had to be called in to heat a hospital because their gas supply um, died. So really, it's, it's important for our future. It's actually important for next week. That was Annie McLaughlin of Solidarity Breakfast talking to members of Healthy Futures, medical practitioners on the steps of Victorian Parliament giving Climate Action Minister Lily de Ambrasio an open letter on the 1st of June. You're listening to 3CR. We'll be back after these announcements. Did you know that each donation over $2 you make to 3CR's Radiothon is tax deductible? That means that when you're doing your tax return business, you can claim your 3CR donation as a legitimate tax deduction. To make a pledge to this year's Radiothon, call the station on 9419 8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. 3CR, stay tuned, stay radical. Need an extra layer for the cooler months? We've got great new long sleeve tops that proudly say Workers Radio. Available now online or at the station. Perfect for layering when you're out on the street. They'll have you picket line ready for winter. At $40, you'll get a great quality shirt ethically and locally manufactured by Qualitops in Reservoir. Order now and we'll post one out for $8.50. Or you can pick it up from the station. Buy one online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Or come into the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy.
We're going to play a track for you now, and this one is the first single for, of three years from Angie McMahon, and it's called Satin Returning. Baby, I forgive you. Nothing more, nothing bigger than letting this jaw go loose for the flow of the river, the river. I'm gonna be everything she couldn't hold. I'm gonna dance every day till I'm. That was Angie McMahon with her song Satin Return. Earlier, we heard from Annie McLaughlin speaking at the Healthy Futures Rally, interviewing people on the ground about um, about this issue. Uh, so we thought we would replay for you our conversation that we had with Ursula Alkia from Healthy Futures uh Ursula joined us on the show to speak about the impacts of climate change on our physical and mental health, as well as the open letter signed by healthcare workers demanding that the Vic government commit to 100% renewable energy by 2030. This was originally played, or this originally occurred on Tuesday breakfast on the 20th of September 2022. Yeah, so Healthy Futures is a small nimble, very passionate organisation that works with healthcare workers uh, across Australia who are concerned about the impacts climate change is 
are already having is already having on our health and our healthcare systems, um, and also those that want to be involved in solutions to the future to try to prevent some of those health impacts. Yeah. So when you're talking about health impacts, could you, um, I guess, give us more of an idea of, of what that looks like? Sure. So there's obviously immediate impacts that those of us that live close to coal power stations already are living with. Uh, so that's impact on um, our generally lifespan, um, health in terms of um, the toxins we're breathing in and lung disease. And um, so one really good example is that Loyang A, which is one of the coal power stations currently still operating in the Latrobe Valley, is um, set to close in 2045. If the closure of Loyang was brought forward to 2030, which is in line with the World Health Organization's recommendations, uh, just by bringing the closure of one coal power station forward 15 years would actually save 1,500 lives, prevent 32,000 cases of childhood asthma episodes and prevent uh, over 1,900 babies from being born underweight. So you can see that living with fossil fuels right now has an impact on the health of our communities. And then we're also talking about the impact we're seeing from extreme weather events caused by climate change. Uh, often our healthcare workers are at the front line of supporting their communities through devastating bushfires, floods and droughts. And there's a lot of physical impact on people's health. There's also, we're seeing a massive mental health um, crisis because of extreme weather events caused by climate. So health is a really big price that we're paying um, for having not acted on climate fast enough and healthcare workers want to be part of that solution. Yeah, that's um, that's so that's such an important issue, and I feel like not really discussed very much um, when it comes to climate. Um, can you tell us more about some of the health bodies that have that are concerned with with our futures in terms of um, climate? Yeah, so we work with a lot of medical associations and bodies on lots of different things, um, advocacy and education. Uh, but for this particular action that's happening tomorrow, we are delivering a letter calling for bipartisan support of um, a renewable energy target of 100% by 2030. So obviously Labor is currently sitting at 50%. The coalition don't have a target policy at the moment. And that letter that uh, we've been... Um, floating around has some pretty impressive signatories on it already and some of those are the Royal Australian College of General Practitioners, uh, the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons, um, the Public Health Association of Australia, the Australian Medical Students Association, um, the Health and Climate Alliance. Uh, we've got trade unions such as the Victorian Allied Health Professionals Association that have signed on. Uh, Healthy Food Systems Australia. So it's really broad uh, and it's really interesting that um, some of these incredibly um, uh, sort of broad organisations are now realising that they need to be part of this conversation as well and that healthcare professionals need to be part of 
um, developing policy around supporting people's health as we deal with climate and also preventative measures. That was Ursula Alkia from Healthy Futures talking to us back in September about their open letter calling on the Victorian government to commit to 100% renewable energy by 2030. And earlier you heard people from the Healthy Futures Rally speaking to Annie McLaughlin from Solidarity Breakfast about this issue. To find out more about Healthy Futures, you can visit their website at healthyfutures.net.au. You're listening to 3CR Tuesday Breakfast. LGBTQA plus people, that's come from a large history of people standing up and acting up for our rights and our communities. Talking queer Pacifica, talking about us. You know, there's very like violent act of like hatred and bigotry towards trans people where they demonise the image of trans people, especially trans women. For working class queers, for queers of colour, for those who are poor and homeless, the struggle is continuing. 3CR, stay tuned, stay radical. 3CR Radiothon, show your support during June 2023. There's kind of a lot of a lot of things that are coming up to the fore at the moment as well, particularly in terms of the way that we imagine, for example, essential work and also sort of essential community life or essential caregiving um, and how those how those function. If we think about sort of the way that queer family often takes very, very sort of different forms and very, you know, important and meaningful forms that often don't match the picture of normative, heteronormative family life. But how so many of the of the affordances or the restrictions or the kind of the, the government governmental sort of imagining of the way that we should live and what we need to live and what we need to survive really is shaped around heteronormativity. You know, it's around the family life in the suburb, as opposed to many, you know, single individuals who have shared queer family, both sexual and community connections that sustain them and that kind of give them give them life and give them give them sort of energy and comfort and safety and security and support. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM on digital and online. 3CR Radical Radio. Marlene Cummins is one of Australia's foremost Indigenous female blues songwriters and performers. And we're going to play you one of her songs this morning. This one is Koori Woman. This song I'd like to dedicate to Aboriginal women of this country. Aboriginal women throughout history, Truganini, Mamshu, Ujuru Nunaka, Ruth Cummins, Kate Elizabeth McCann. I sing this song. I sing it for my sisters, who I feel are the backbone of our struggle in this country, trying to keep it together. Yeah. Everything. Everything. 
That song was Kuri Woman by Marlene Cummins. We're going to play another track for you now. This is called Coffee by local artist Memphis LK. Started off as friends, now it's hard to tell. It was you that let me first, I was fine just by myself.
That track was Coffee by Memphis LK. No Borders is a grassroots anarchist collective who are on the ground um, on the Poland-Belarus border providing support to people seeking refuge who are left by governments to die. No Borders Poland fights to abolish the border regime. In the past 21 months, 45 refugees have died at on the Polish side of the border, with countless more on the Belarusian side. Incendium Radical Library Collective, or IRL Collective, will be putting on a gig to raise money for this collective and the important work they do. Joining us this morning to tell us more about this event is Asia, community organizer and part of the IRL Collective. Welcome to 3CR Breakfast, Asia. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. Can you please start by just telling us more about what's been happening at the Poland-Belarus border for the last few years? Yeah, sure. Um, So, yeah, the situation on the border has been really dire. Basically, uh, what's been happening is that um, the Belarusian uh, president, um, Lukashenko, uh, in response to sanction by the Western um, countries um, sought to destabilize the um, like European Union region by uh, pretty much facilitating access to, um, to to Belarus, which which is bordering Eastern European Union, to um, to people from various countries that um, are currently in the state of war or other conflict. Uh, so basically, they promoted pretty sort of cheap uh, tours to to Belarus and promising people that once they once they reach Belarus, it will be really easy to cross the Eastern European uh, sorry to, to cross the uh, European Union border. Uh, and once once these people landed in Minsk, they were instructed by. Um, by the Belarusian authority to to cross that border in um, you know like in places outside of official checkpoints, so sort of in the middle of the forest. Uh, but the response of of the countries uh, bordering Belarus, such as Poland um, and Lithuania, has been uh, basically pushing people back into Belarus. So. Um, yeah, so we have seen thousands of people sort of staying in um, in limbo where they cannot um, they cannot keep staying in Belarus because they are being pushed into you know Poland and Lithuania, but then those authorities pushing them back and n- not letting them apply for asylum once they um, once they reach um, yeah European Union basically. Yeah, that's an awful position, of course, for them to be in. Um, is there any aid or support being offered to people at the border? Uh, well, not not officially, not uh, not from the Polish government, but um, there has been a lot of grassroots groups, um, no borders being one of them, um, that um, you know have been have been trying to. Um, yeah, support these people in whatever way um, they can, and most often that looked like providing, um, you know, warm clothing, um, phones, uh, food. Yeah, I think it's also important to mention that uh, these places get 
extremely cold in winter Mm. and and a lot of these people just were not really like ready for that um yeah like the temperatures in winter fall like up to you know 20 negative degrees so so um yeah it's, it's actually dangerous to life and um and these forests around the border are extremely inhospitable uh swampy very very thick uh, old growth forest so um yeah it's just um, yeah absolutely yeah and, and it's a very inhospitable um environment yeah yeah and you know that's just another barrier the weather and the you know the terrain um and it's unfortunate that it falls to grassroots organizations like No Borders to help these people in any way. Um, can yeah. you tell us how No Borders started as a collective? Uh, sure. I, I will just maybe mention something that I think it's pretty important to understand. Uh, is that uh, initially when the crisis started, um, there were there were many... Uh, grassroots groups and journalists going directly to the border and sort of reporting uh, to the world uh, what's been happening. And in response to that, Polish government established um, like militarized zone um, Mm. everywhere, like um, in the radius of three kilometers from the border. And that made it um, basically like illegal, criminalized providing any sort of support or even reporting uh, from the border. Um, so uh, so that means that any collectives that, are, uh, that were sort of involved in uh, supporting people on the border were risking, um, you know, getting arrested, uh, getting beaten up by the guards. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah. And um, and it's important to mention that a lot of the local uh, local people who lived within the militarized zone um, like, like paired up with different grassroots collectives to to provide that support because they they were already like on the ground within the militarized zone. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like um, you know No Borders is doing incredibly important, but also very dangerous work there. Yeah. Um, So Incendium Radical Library Collective is putting on a gig to raise funds for No Borders. Can you tell us who will be performing at the event? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we are extremely privileged to have uh, Mala Herba uh, perform at the gig. Mala Herba is a a synth queer artist who is originally Polish, currently based in Vienna, uh, in Austria, but... Uh, we're very lucky to have them to have them in um, in Melbourne for the next week. Um, they will be our, our headlining act. Um, we will also have Darkwater, um, a local band, and uh, Race Rage, as well as Baby Mode. Oh, that sounds incredible. Uh, and there's also a raffle happening. Uh, can you tell us about the prizes and how people can enter? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we do have an incredible raffle. Uh, we have been um, donated incredible, uh, incredible prizes by many local uh, tattoo artists and visual artists. Uh, there's some beautiful homemade soap. There will be a few um, publications. Um, 
and we put uh, we put the raffle prizes into four bundles. Um, which all of them look incredible. I will definitely be entering myself. Uh, and if you would like to enter the raffle, th- there are two ways you can do so. If you would like to enter before the gig or if you cannot make it to the gig, uh, I would suggest going to IRL um, Instagram. Um, I believe the handle is IRL Info Shop yeah. on Instagram. And the raffle is put up there, and you just need to transfer, um, transfer the, you know, <laughs> the equivalent money for how mm-hmm. many tickets you would like to buy to our account and message our Instagram. Uh, alternatively, you can just purchase the raffle ticket on the day uh, of the gig if you're coming. Amazing. And where can people go to find out more information about No Borders, IRL, and the event? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so first I'll start with no borders. Um, you can they have a they have a website. So it's uh, no borders team dot uh, There's information there in um, Polish and English. Uh, they also have Instagram. I, I believe it's just no borders team is the is the handle. Uh, and to find out about IRL, um, we also have a website. Just let me find. Um, you can definitely follow, follow us on Instagram uh, at IRL Info Shop. And there's a Facebook uh, as well, um, facebook.com slash IRL Info Shop. Yeah, yep. that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And, Amazing. Uh, and uh, yeah, if you if you go on that Facebook, you can you can see the... Uh, the event um, promoted there. Incredible. Um, yeah, we encourage all our listeners to check these links out. We will link to them in our show notes as well later today and support No Borders and support this event. Um, it's a really important cause. Um, Asia, that's all the time we have this morning, but thank you so much for joining us and talking us through this issue as well as um, telling our listeners about this incredible event. Yeah, my pleasure. And I'm hoping to see you all there. Absolutely. We would love to be there. Thanks, Asia. All right. Bye. So that was Asia, community organizer and part of the fundraising team at IRL Collective, speaking to us about the fundraising gig for No Borders Poland, taking place on Saturday, the 24th of June at Cafe Gunmall. Tickets are between $15 and $20 or what you can afford. To find out more, follow... IRL Info Shop on Instagram or go to facebook.com slash IRL Info Shop. We'll be right back after these messages. How did Queerly Beloved come to be? So it's up to us, the people. We need a treaty in this country. We need the end to the war in this country. And the only way we can do that is through a peace treaty. Not the one you see in Victoria, not the one you see in Queensland, not the one you see in the Northern Territory, because they talk treaty and still lock our people up. They still kill our people. They still desecrate our land and our water. A treaty means peace. A treaty means equality. 
And a treaty means justice. Thank you. You're listening to Radical Radio on 3CR. 855 on your AM dial, 3CR digital, and podcasting and streaming on 3cr.org.au. CR Tuesday breakfast. Just before that message there, we spoke with Asia from No Borders about their event coming up uh, on Saturday the 24th of June at Cafe Gamo um, to support the No Borders Grassroots Anarchist Collective. Um, we're going to play a track next by one of the bands playing at that event. This is Do the Labor by Race Rage featuring, featuring Jamaica Moana. Just a quick language warning on this one. Um, if that bothers you, you can come back in about four minutes. Your boy race rage, Jamaica Moana. Remember about our struggle when the 27th hits When that post that you retweeted starts a dwindling like so shit When that dopamine's receded from those validating clicks And you're looking for what's trending and on brand you pulled a dip, dip The different opposition's not the same The crudest versus Gorskin in the game Come back out when the shit brings down the pain The weather friends are vanishing the rain A party of performativity Simple sick with tokenistically Attention seeking kind of sickens me Put you back into some authenticity we don't want no lukewarm allies, we want an accomplice Comrades come to do the work that we want to accomplish Liberation bound up, no agenda, here subconscious Respecting our autonomy, our sovereignty and compass To the work, to the labor, it's the labor. my job to, to hold your hand, hand. To the labor, to the labor, to the to the labor, to the labor, can be your best friend. To the labor, to the labor, means to the one that ends. To the labor, to the labor, to the what, what, to the what, what, to the labor, to the labor, to the what, what, to the what, what, to the labor, to the labor, to the what, what, to the what, what, to the labor, to the labor, to the what, what, to the what, what, to the labor, to the labor, to the what, what, to the what. Trying on, collect black friends like Pokemon. This Jigglypuff is hella sick, I'll be entouted as a mouthy one. Click to visit, are you in it for the cloud? Are your actions matching politics just now? Did you even read the article before you liked it? Shed it, echo silence, shout. Do the work that we want to accomplish Liberation bound up, no agenda 
your subconscious Respecting our autonomy, our sovereignty and compass Now I know there are people that need to educate themselves just a little bit Actually, a lot Race rage, mm -hmm. let's do this yeah, yeah, yeah. Standing proud and yes, it's hard to miss. Always bowing to indigenous. For you, empathy is intricate. Understanding is so intimate. Couldn't see, but now you're fixing it. Performativity, your time to quit. The feeling's real, it makes it adequate. If it's genuine, immaculate. I've been over here and I've been doing all of that. All these people say they're for it, but I tell them go relax. It's happy at the front, but I be pushing to the back. They be always taking from us like I'm dealing with my tax. How you over here and say you on the same page? Never are committed, never stay engaged. Always do the most, keeping us in rage. Why ain't working with Mini on Project Race Rage. We don't want no lukewarm allies. We want Anna Complex. Comrades come to do the work that we want to accomplish. Liberation bound up, no agenda. Here's subconscious. That track there is Do the Labour by Race Rage featuring Jamaica Moana. Race Rage will be performing at the No Borders fundraiser this week. Bridget Jolly works at Women with Disabilities Victoria, focusing on leadership and youth projects. For the past year, she has been supporting WDV's Youth Experts by Experience Group to deliver events and resources for women and non-binary youth with disabilities and to provide a spotlight on these lived experiences. Bridget is a queer woman with a disability and is here today to talk about an upcoming free public event, Pride in Conversations. This event is hosted by WDV and their Youth Experts by Experience Group in celebration of Pride Month. Thank you for joining 3CR, uh, Bridget. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, firstly, would you mind talking the listeners through the work that you do at Women with Disabilities Victoria? Yes, yeah, so WDV, we're an organisation made up of and we work for women and non-binary people with disabilities. Um, and our focus is are things like health services, violence prevention and leadership. Yep, and my understanding is the work that you do, you share resources um, for women and non-binary youth with disabilities and there's a real focus on lived experiences. And I was just curious about uh, why that focus and then the intersectionalities that sit within those spaces. Yes, yeah, so we have a lot of different programs. So, for example, we'll run leadership programs and we have uh, leadership hubs who are groups that meet once a month and we have five of those in regional Victoria. Um, but we also have three groups that we call Experts by Experience. And so we have one that works on violence prevention, one on health and one on for youth. Um, and our experts groups look at using their own lived experience to really be able to inform our work because we know that uh, people with lived experience are experts in their own lives and can really provide so much valuable information around what's needed to address these issues and provide resources and run events that are going to meet the needs of people with the same experiences. And we know that these things are really common uh, for women and non-binary people with disabilities needing that information and needing to find uh, points of community and connection on these things. Um, and so the youth experts group in particular, we look at uh, youth leadership, but also just the experiences of youth in general. 
and so this event, um, it's not youth specific, but we were wanting to give that angle of like what uh, LGBTQI plus experiences can provide for younger people and beyond being youth as well. And in your experience, do you find that that coming from people with lived experience really resonates more with the youth that you are working with and talking to? Yeah, I think so, because there's definitely that point of uh, people being like, oh, you understand us, you get Mm. us. And also uh, a point of it being a safe space or a point of like, I'm going to be understood or if I'm raising something, someone's likely to have a similar experience and therefore um, feel like we can be trusted in that. Mm. And it also just means that what's being provided is is more likely to kind of meet the needs of people rather than it being people who have no idea what it's actually like trying to provide this information or these suggestions when they're completely off the mark in what's required. Yeah, totally. If you've gone through something yourself or something similar, you're much better equipped to uh, help people, you know, in future with similar experiences. So I think that's, yeah, that's really great. Um, we're currently in Pride Month and Women with Disabilities Victoria, as we've mentioned, is hosting this free public event on the 30th of June at the Victorian Pride Centre. It's called Pride in Conversations. And so I was wondering what kinds of conversations you're hoping to see this Pride Month in general, as well as at the event. Uh, oh, good question. Um, for the event itself, it will be hybrid. So um, we'll have a panel made up of three members um, and two of those are um, members of our youth experts group, Mon Ins and Belle Fantasia. And then we also have a member um, from one of our vulnerable leadership hubs, Kelly Butler. And the panel will be talking about things with um, around how their different intersectionality of different identities, LGBTQI+, gender, age, disability, all kind of like impact who they are as people and inform who they are and how those different elements of identity kind of come together to to shape who they are and their perspectives on different things. Um, and so that will be kind of the main part of the, uh, the event. And then it will be online and in person. So for those who are there online, we'll have the opportunity to go like and have some reflections in different breakout rooms and come back together. And those attending in person, it'll be afternoon tea and just some chance to like socialise and get to know people. But I guess more broadly for Pride Month, we do want to think about how... Um, disability or gender and age and all these other parts of who we are as people, um, you know, change and inform our identity as being queer, Mm. but also how perspectives for other people around their identity can also inform how they think about these experiences and um, perhaps maybe they haven't thought about all the different ways that these things can combine Um, and so giving time to reflect on what it might be like for other people and what they can do as allies or what they can do as people to um, look up more information and find out more. Yeah, that's great. I think giving people, like, 
a lot of people who are allies want to help, I find, and being able to give them you know, tangible resources and things to reflect on is a really useful tool in just making everyone a little better equipped to things to deal with things in the future. Um, I'm interested about like hybrid events. I just think it's one thing that the pandemic has sort of assisted in making a bit more normal and I often see that events are held online and in person now and I was just wondering if you could talk us through sort of what that does for people that need that service and what sort of spaces it creates. Yeah, well, within the disability community, we love hybrid events. Because <laughs> um, for everyone, whether it's in person or online, there are pros and cons to mm. both. Um, and we know that that's the case for everyone. But for people with disability, there are particular reasons why one or the other might be more accessible. Um, and so we really want to be able to like encourage more people to do hybrid events noting that if, if it's done well, that it can really kind of uplift the event. It can make it more accessible for people. We can get more people coming along to these sorts of things. Uh, and just in general, kind of weave the idea around accessibility in a more mainstream way. Mm. And making accessibility the intention from the start and not something that you apply later. I think that's a really important thing to remember. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're almost out of time this morning, but I was just wondering if you could tell the listeners where they can go to find out more about the event. Yes. So you can uh, follow us on social media. We're on like Facebook and Instagram and all those places. We're um, Women with Disabilities Victoria on Facebook and Women with Disabilities Vic on Insta. Um, you can also go to our website, www www.wdv.org.au um, or email us at wdv at wdv.org.au or if you want to call and talk to someone you can call me directly on 03-9286-7813 Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Bridget. Oh, thanks so much for having me. We've been speaking with Bridget Jolly from Women with Disabilities Victoria about their upcoming free public event, Pride in Conversations, held at the Victorian Pride Centre and online on the 30th of June. If you'd like to hear more about that event, you can go to wdv.org.au. You're listening to 3CR and we'll be back after these announcements. Common Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at www.commonslibrary.org. Commons Social Change Library is a 3CR supporter. You're listening to 3CR Tuesday Breakfast. We're going to play you a track now by Moju. This one is Change Has to Come off their most recent album.
Don't you hear the bell signal the warning? Here comes the storm. Best we be gone. Out to the street where the legions are forming. I heard the call more than ever before. If we just scream on our screens, we will forget what it means. I am flesh, I am blood. So much deeper than that There are brothers and sisters Whose burdens are stacked So it's breaking their backs If we just scream at our screens We will forget what it means is Radical Radio. Through our on-air content and community structure, we promote real change for workers' rights, gender equality, environmental action, disability justice, and on racism and First Nations sovereignty. Do you want to be part of real radical change? We need you to subscribe. It's just $40 concession, $80 waged, $150 for a band or organisation, and $300 solidarity. Call 03-9419-8377. That's 9419-8377. Or subscribe online at 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. CR Tuesday breakfast. Just before that message, there we heard um, a track by Moju. Uh, as we mentioned earlier in the show, this week is Refugee Week, and today is World Refugee Day. 
we know that successive Australian governments have time and time again failed refugees and asylum seekers. And so today we wanted to highlight the issues that communities are still facing at the hands of this country's cruel and draconian laws and policies. Joining us on the show this morning is Lavinia from the Tamil Refugee Council. Welcome to 3CR Tuesday Breakfast, Lavinia. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So could you please start by telling us more about yourself and how you became involved with the Tamil Refugee Council? Sure. Um, uh, as I said, um, uh, my name is Lavinia and I'm um, uh, born in a refugee camp in India. Uh, and um, I, uh, I, 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 with my brother, uh, we lived there around 20 years and moved to Australia. Um, and similar situation, um, there are a lot of, uh, in, uh, if you see uh, the number of refugees here, we have um, um, more than 100,000 refugees in uh, India and there are a lot of refugees uh, like uh, in Indonesia. Uh, all those people are all, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, when, when, during the war, they actually you know, went to different countries and um, been a refugee there. So, uh, uh, and when once they come to Australia, um, it was very um, a difficult situation for everyone. Especially when I come from India to here, and I have seen the refugee camp detention center here. I've seen like uh, the ref- detention center here is more like jail than in uh, India is much better uh, refugee camp. I was. Uh, that's the feeling I had, and uh, that's uh, from the uh, you know uh, I uh, was emotionally attached, and I really wanted to do something uh, next, um, uh, and um, so I got involved in refugee activism, um, and um, been um, doing uh, activism from my uh, uh, once after I come to Australia. Yeah, that's um, it's you know it's well known how bad. The situation is for refugees and asylum seekers coming to Australia. It's, um, I think it's being more globally talked about that it's particularly bad here. Um, what are some of the issues that listeners should be aware of, especially during this week and today being World Refugee Day? Um, uh, the pro- uh, uh, it's been a number of years uh, refugees uh, are... Um, in, uh, in a situation that they, uh, there's no uh, permanent uh, um, visa or anything like uh, there are refugees more than 12 years, 11 years uh, uh, they have not seen their families and they've been uh, waiting for um, the government to do something to make their life uh, permanent and uh, have a, a life with their families and uh, uh, get married, have kids and um, these young people came in uh, uh, you know, uh, 2012 or 2011, uh, they are all uh, still refugees, um, and some of their claims are not yet assessed, and most of their ref- most of their claims are still in court. These people are uh, worried, and they meant uh, when they are aging, their mental health is really really stressful. Every time when there is some uh, election, these people are waiting to hear something good. And the the expectation was uh, very much uh, high when Labour Party uh, actually went, uh, came into power. Uh, and the the day of announcement, when they announced that they are only pro- giving a permanent visa for 19,000, not the other people, there are, there are more than 10,000 people uh, are not given any announcement, not any solution. They are still in limbo. 
this uh, the Tamil Refugee Council got called from all these people and and their friends and and um, many of them are uh, admitted in the hospitals. There are uh, some tried to commit suicide and some asked, uh, what, "Is there anything they should do?" Uh, because these people are really, really stressed, and, and um, the only hope they had this Labour Party would do something, and they have not got anything from the party, so they are really um, um, uh, in uh, in limbo. Yeah, and that's just that's incredibly difficult, and you know, having a permanent home and um, you know security of belonging somewhere is a really basic human right that Australia is denying so many people. As you said, people have been in limbo for years and years from when they were young children, and it's unacceptable. Um, Of course, there needs to be change immediately. It shouldn't be taking this long. Um, What actions can, you know, just regular people take to support refugees in a meaningful way in this country? Um. During this uh, inflation, um, every time when the media target uh, migrants and refugees, um, uh, it's it, um, it's not uh, uh, as, as as it previously worked in um, uh, worked with migrant workers. I know how refugees been uh, uh, underpaid and um, how they've been treated in the workplaces. There are a number of refugees who are injured in workplaces, and they do uh, choose difficult jobs that. Uh, no one will cho- choose, um, and these refugees are not the reason for uh, all this, uh, uh, you know, inflation. These refugees been uh, running the country and uh, working in farms, working in factories, working and uh, um, you know, uh, in everywhere uh, that, uh, that uh, where the jobs are really, really difficult. And these people, um, and. Uh, um, uh, these people are already undergoing really a lot of stress, um, and uh, um, especially many of these people are, does not have any kind of government support uh, when they're injured. Or you know, especially uh, during the COVID time, a lot of people been struggling uh, with you no know, government uh, assistance, and um, there are a lot of uh, parents who have disabled kids, and they don't. Uh, able to send these kids to uh, 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 special schools due to uh, they can't access any of these uh, fundings from government. So there's a lot of uh, issues these refugees are facing and um, scapegoating them and targeting them, uh, the reason would not uh, help them at all. Um, so uh, so we need to uh, stand, in to stand with them and fight for their permanency. Absolutely. I think those are really important points. Uh, especially the one about work, you know, it's it's easy to scapegoat refugees and asylum seekers and marginalised communities. And it's very, very important to always remember that they're actually the backbone of a lot of society and are doing a lot of work that other people wouldn't be doing. Um, this refugee week, there's events happening all across the country. Are there any particular events in Victoria that you would recommend our listeners attend? Um, we, uh, as a Tamil Refugee Council, um, um, we are um, running um, uh, No Fire Zone. Um, uh, it's a, a movie based on uh, what happened during the war, war time. Um, um, so we uh, will be uh, doing, uh, showing that movie uh, in different places. You can uh, access those information in our Facebook page. 
Amazing. We will link to the Tamil Refugee Council Facebook page in our show notes later today. Uh, Lavinia, that's all we have time for this morning. But I really wanted to thank you for coming on the show to talk to us today on World Refugee Day, as well as for the work you're doing for refugees and asylum seekers in Australia. Thank you. So that was Lavinia Tevaraja from the Tamil Refugee Council joining us for World Refugee Day and raising awareness of a lot of the issues that refugees and asylum seekers continue to face in Australia. Um, We will definitely link to their social media on our show notes later today, so make sure you do check that out and support um, Tamil Refugee Council where you can, um, especially this week during World Refugee Week. And to see what uh, is happening near you for World Refugee Week, you can go to uh, refugeeweek.org.au. We'll be right back after this. Bisexual Alliance Victoria is a not-for-profit organisation dedicated to equality and justice for multi-gender attracted people, including bi, pan, regardless of label or no label at all, their partners and allies. Bisexual Alliance runs discussion groups in person and online. The group offers a safe and fun space to share your experiences, ask any questions regarding your sexual identity and provide peer support. Bisexual Alliance is especially keen to hear from multi-gender attracted people in regional and rural Victoria. Donations of $2 or more to Bisexual Alliance are now tax deductible. For more information, visit our website at buy-alliance.org, email info at buy-alliance.org or find us on Facebook or Twitter. A 3CR supporter. You're on 3CR Tuesday Breakfast. Uh, We just wanted to say a massive thank you to everyone who donated. Tuesday Breakfast have reached our target for Radiothon this year. Breakfast, however, is a collective aiming to reach a total of $8,000. So please keep donating to givenow.com.au slash cr slash breakfast. Stationwide, we're up to 147,000, but are aiming for 250,000. So please keep donating for the rest of the month. Um, All of June is Radiothon. Um, Lots of ways to donate. You can call us on 94198377. You can text us on 0488809855. You can donate online at 3cr.org.au slash donate. People are here this morning to take your donation if you missed pledging last week. So call us, text us, um, visit the website or drop in to mm. the to the station, 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Um, you, know, we, you know, we've been we've been saying this all week. I mean, all month. <laughs> but um, we broadcast perspectives that don't exist in mainstream media. 3CR is a very unique um, and very important community radio station that gives voice to people that otherwise wouldn't have an, a platform to speak on. Um, just today we've spoken to, you know, Lavanya Tevaraja from the Tamil Refugee Council who's doing such important work to help refugees and asylum seekers here in Australia. We've spoken with um, Bridget Jolly from 
um, Women with Disabilities Victoria, who's doing incredibly important work there, um, your donation can help keep these people on air, keep us on air, um, give everyone a voice. So make sure you donate for the rest of the month. All right, um, that brings us to the end of our show. Let's do a quick wrap-up of what we had on the show this morning. We started with some excerpts at the Healthy Futures Rally with Annie McLaughlin, talking to concerned medical practitioners who are fighting for clean air, clean energy and a safe climate. We followed that with a revisit of a chat Fung had with Ursula Elkir in September last year, also from Healthy Futures, talking about the impacts of climate change on our physical and mental health and the open letter that the practitioners were sharing on the steps of Parliament in June. We then spoke with Asia from No Borders uh, about what's happening at the moment on the border of Poland and Belarus and uh, about an event raising funds to support refugees stuck um, in that situation uh, happening at Café Gamo on Saturday. So um, we will link to all of that information in our show notes later today if you're interested in attending. We also spoke with Bridget Jolly from Women with Disabilities Victoria about their upcoming free public event held at the Victorian Pride Centre and online called Pride in Conversations. If you want more information, you can head to wdv.org.au. And we ended the show just then with a conversation with Lavanya Tevaraja about her experience as a refugee here in Australia and how we can help support refugees on this World Refugee Day. Uh, We have reached the end of our show. Thank you for joining us on Tuesday Breakfast and stay tuned to the rest of the breakfast shows this week. As always, Accent of Women is coming up next. Wala Tuesday Breakfast would like to thank our friends at Living Coco for their support of the program. Living Coco puts community first by respecting food sovereignty. Based in Braybrook, they create bean to bar chocolates, cacao tea, intentional drinking cacao and cacao mass in bulk. A zero-waste manufacturing space, Living Coco ethically sourced cacao from over 130 domestic village farms in Samoa. They are at livingcoco.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Three CR Breakfast would like to thank the New International Bookshop. Melbourne's independent radical bookstore and venue for their financial support of this program. You can find Nibs in the basement of Trades Hall in Victoria Street, Carlton. And while you're there, check out Radical Coffee, a worker-run cooperative cafe in the courtyard. Keep up to date with upcoming events at nibs.org.au. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.